really difficult, Tom. So we'll see what happens when we get to that one. But, uh, Tom, if you're ready, we can give our first three. And tonight's topic, as you mentioned, is Christmas movies. And these are favorites of a lot of people, maybe sort of just in general. Uh, Tom, are you ready for the first three? Yep. Well, you've thrown down the gauntlet. Let's see if anybody can come up with the right answers now. And let me say once again, I'll, I'll keep giving the phone number, Steve, at 919-860-9783. Let, let's go with the first three. Okay, Tom, uh, the movie Miracle on 34th Street uh, is a favorite for uh, many people. Edwin Gwynn won an Academy Award for the Best Supporting Actor role there. He plays Chris Kringle, Tom, who may or may not be Santa Claus. And to answer that question, you have to see the movie. But, Tom, uh, my question is about the daughter of Maureen O'Hara. This is one of those easy questions. She went on to play in West Side Story, Gypsy, Inside Daisy Clover, Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice, among many others. Tell me the name of the then young actress in 1946 who played the daughter of Maureen O'Hara in The Miracle on 34th Street. She's a very famous actress. Okay. Got it. Got it. I think Tom, I know the answer. This one comes from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, Tom, that movie debuted in the summer. I can never figure out why they debuted that one when they did, but they did. And uh, it found its audience, as it should, and is now considered to be, of course, a classic and a favorite of many people. In that movie, Tom, uh, Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey, and we learn what his life may have been like if, uh, if he, or what life in general may have been like, if he had never existed. Uh, in his life, Tom, he encounters a Mr. Potter who owns a rival financial institution. Well, Tom, I want to know who plays Mr. Potter. He is a member of a famous acting family. I want to know his name. And you know who he is, Tom, and... Uh, I think he once said that the, a, a lady who's famous now is his granddaughter. Uh, uh, she is his grandniece. Her, his, grandniece. Her, his, her, his, her grandfather was this guy's bro- brother. Well, Tom, sort of keeping in the uh, uh, the vein of family ties, if you will, pun intended, George Clooney's aunt plays in a very famous Christmas movie, White Christmas Tom with Bing Crosby. Danny Kaye, this uh, person, George Clooney's aunt, plays the woman, uh, Betty, who uh, is the romantic interest of one Bob Wallace, who's played by Bing Crosby. Uh, Vera Ellen is the other sister, but who is the actress who plays the romantic interest of Bing Crosby's character, famous singer in the 50s, Tom, and in the 60s, and uh, George Clooney's aunt. Tell me who she is. Now, yes. Just to kind of muddy the waters a little bit, isn't she? Uh, isn't she Debbie Boone's uh, mother-in-law or something like that? Right. We want everybody to get out a, a piece of paper and a pen, and we're going to do the family tree of these. Well, that's, that's very right. you complex. The, the ancestry, right? And that's why I have to ask you because it's you, it's a lot you of have trouble. To put a very famous actor and, and producer, and uh, help me out. His name uh, Mel Ferrer, Tom. Yeah, I think that's right. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I couldn't remember. Yep. Yeah, you, if you tie all that in, you, you end up with Debbie Boone somewhere along the way. And you let up my life, and that's a completely another story, Tom. Yes. But we just want to know, we, we're working in high Hollywood now. So there oh, are three are. questions. And if our radio family is assembled, and to be a member of our radio family, by the way, all you have to do is be listening and uh, Dial up 919, of course, that's easy to remember, area code, then 860-WPTF, 
7783. And uh, Jason, do we have anybody on the line yet ready to answer a question? We do, Tom. We've got Ron from Cary. Ron from Cary. Well, I remember Ron. He said, Stephen, you may not have been here tonight that I discovered that Ron one time was uh, a radio person. And he's been, been, been hiding it under his cloak for us. And we did not know that. I'm not sure what difference it makes. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't make any difference. But anyway, Ron, good evening to you. Well, hi, Tom and Stephen. It's good to good. good to hear you again. Good to, good to be back on. Uh, do you have an answer to one of our questions? Well, I'm going to go for the last one. And, of course, the answer All there right. is Rosemary Clooney. Oh, yeah. You know, as I was writing that question, uh, Ron, I was thinking about there's a line in Greece where uh, – um, I'm trying to remember the actress's name, Tom, but uh, she's our Miss Brooks, I believe is her name. But, uh, Eve Arden. Yeah. Eve, Eve Arden says to the students over the intercom that they could end up growing up to be a Rosemary Clooney. And I kept thinking about that as I was writing the question. She's a very famous singer. Oh, yeah, I used to listen to that radio show and then on TV. <laughs> uh, uh, if I could interject something, maybe Ron will know this. He, I don't know. I guess he might have been a disc jockey. Stephen, you'll probably know this. What is the name of the high school in Greece? Mm, I'm, having, I'm, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I think it's my phone here. Yeah, I think our part of the circuit, I know, is going to be a little bit weaker. We, we, Jason and I know that. But, uh, Stephen, do you uh, know? Tom, it's Bobby. It's Rydell High. Bobby Rydell, Rydell High. Can, uh, Ron, can you hear Stephen? You should be able to hear Stephen okay. Yeah, I heard Stephen. Yeah. And that... Uh, uh, I think it's named after a famous rock and roll singer, Bobby Rydell. Tom? Yeah. Tom? Yeah. It's uh, Bobby Rydell, Rydell High. Did I jump the gun on something, Stephen? No, no, right. that's a good question. I'm just answering. All right. Well, Ron, you, we have, we're we going to have some more Christmas movies next week, and then two weeks from tonight, Stephen's going to come back, and we're going to have our annual uh, tr- trivia questions and discussion of sat- what we call Saturday morning program. And in other words, Wiley Coyote will be one of the answers. Well, it sounds like a, a great subject. Well, we hope you will, you will be able to join us then, and, and be careful. There are lots right. of reasons well, you that we need be to be careful. Too. It used to be Good just night. when we went out driving. Now it's in our own homes, and it's lurking just about everywhere. So keep your mask on and wash your hands, okay? Okay. All right. Ron from Cary. Stephen, are you there? We need to take a break. Uh, Jason, do we have any more callers waiting? Next up is going to be Walker. Okay. Well, let's put Walker on right after we take this break, okay? Hi, 28. WPTF, Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show for Friday night, December the 4th. It's uh, time for trivia night, and we're getting close enough that we're signaling this near arrival of Christmas and maybe helping you get in the mood by talking about Christmas movies and offering you some trivia questions. Stephen, are you there? I'm here, Tom. I know sometimes it seems like the the Goldsboro Mafia has taken over the program, but you're here, and I'm here, and we're both from Goldsboro, and our Next caller is Walker, who's from Goldsboro, and I'm going to let you handle this, okay? Well, hello, Walker. What uh, question would you like to answer? Uh, Maureen O'Hara's daughter in Miracle on 34th Street with Natalie Wood, if it hadn't been answered already. 
No, no, you got that one, and uh, you're a long time a person of, of of my family. I consider you to be a family member. So <laughs> Pretty much. You just before Christmas. By coincidence, I was watching it this afternoon, and I've always already hit Wonderful Life and and uh, Alistair Sims' Christmas Carol. So I've been getting out just by coincidence. You had movie night tonight. <laughs> well, well I know, was, this is a good go ahead, Tom. Time. I'm sorry. Stephen, oh, I, I right. wanted to interject here that uh, I'd always like it when we get to Miracle on 34th Street, Stephen, and Walker may know this too, because the, my favorite actor in the movie is not Natalie Wood or Marina O'Hara, but in fact, the judge. Oh, Gene that's one of my favorite scenes is the courtroom scene, and as a former postal worker, the idea of the postal worker to, to dump all of them. Santa Claus letters into the courtroom. Well, so, I Walker, like to... for various reasons, I've examined the legality of the proceeding. I won't go into detail why, but I just have sat down and thought about it to see, you know, first of all, uh, is it an evidentiary presentation that holds up and is the conclusion of the court correct in light of what was presented to it? And you know what? I think it is. Yeah, and the chain of custody is pretty... <laughs> Pretty much straight on from the post, post box to the. Earlier this year, there was, uh, and I won't go into detail about this, but earlier this year, there was some talk about whether or not the post office, the United States Post Office, was doing its job. And I think about this movie every time I, that comes up because John Payne gives a really good rendition. He's reading, I think, from an almanac or a, right. or a National Register book, and he's talking about how efficient, at least in. The, uh, in the 40s, the post office was. Right, and he goes back to the constitutional basis of one of the few agencies that's the only one actually mentioned in the Constitution. So was, uh, he, he did a great speech on that. And my other favorite was, of course, The Little Dutch Girl. It's pretty moving. I think her last name was the actress's field, but I can't remember her first name. But anyway, it's a good movie. Yeah, and, and, you know, this time of year, I try to catch all the Christmas movies I can see. And what's unfortunate is these days, I to mention three or four that I, I really like to see, but somehow between work and just general living and Christmas shopping, I managed to miss about half the ones that I used to see fairly regularly. So congratulations on what you were able to see. Well, I can recommend one that somebody recommended me that I saw only half of so far. It's Joyous. Noel, or Joyeux Noel in French, is a bit far-fetched, but it's about the 1914 truce in World War One, and one of the Germans starts singing Steely uh, Knock, anyway, Silent Night, and uh, then everybody starts singing and bringing out Christmas trees and plays soccer, and then he goes back to shooting the next day. But, so. That's the one kind of thing that makes you think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm through, Tom. I was going to say that's okay. the end of No Man's Land, Walker. Walker, happy holidays. Happy holidays to y'all. Take Enjoy care. Enjoy the show. I really do. Thank you. Okay, Stephen. Uh, let's see if... Uh, take well, that was minutes. special, Tom, by the way. Pardon me? That was special to me. Yeah, well, good. I'm, I'm glad. That's another goal for a person. And somebody, as you said, is sort of a member of our family. Uh, Jason, any more callers? No callers as of now, Tom. Okay.
okay, the number if you want to call and answer one of our questions, and then we're going to get Stephen to give us some more questions because we're down to one of the original three that he started with. The number you call is 919-860-9783. And don't be bashful. Uh, if you think you know the the uh, the name of the movie, uh, give us a call. And if you don't know any of the answers but you have a favorite movie, as Stephen suggested earlier, please call and recommend it to us, and we'd love to talk to you about that. Stephen, you got three more questions for us? Yeah, I'm going to ask two from uh, the movie A Christmas Story, Tom. Uh, it is considered by many these days to be their favorite Christmas story. And, uh, you know, if you play something enough, Tom, it might become your favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, this is how it works, at least with this particular thing. And uh, it was not overly popular when it first came out, but it has become definitely a favorite of many. Tom, my first question from A Christmas Story is, what, what was the major award that the old man won? And if you're really good, tell me what company awarded it to him. Tom, do you know the answer to that? I, I, I'll have to admit that I cannot remember the answer. I know what he got. came in a box, and he had to break the box open, and he put it in the window. But I cannot remember who he won it from. Well, this year I have found out at least one answer to who I think the company is that awarded it to him, I'll offer it to our audience in, by way of confirmation, Tom. Okay. All right, second question from A Christmas Story. One of the favorite, one of my favorite uh, aspects, because this movie is made up of little vignettes, Tom, and uh, one of my favorites is this, involves this question. Flick, who's a friend of uh, Ralphie, uh, has to deal with the uh, ominous triple dog dare, Tom, and uh, that involves doing what? In this particular movie, there was a particular. It, it could vary, but in this particular movie, in order to to take the take the challenge, he has to do something. And he has he to do something. And I will tell you that I went to high, high school and college and even elementary school with people who always wondered what might happen if they did that. So, um, of course, I'm from Goldsboro, but um, uh, I'd like to know what the answer is. What did he do? Tom, my third question from the second group is one, this is one I consider to be hard. Uh, from the poem, A Night Before Christmas, Tom, okay? Okay. This is tied into the movie Prancer, and we'll talk about that. You have a listing of, of Santa Claus's reindeer. There are eight of them, and yes, I will count Rudolph as a ninth one, but not one of the eight. Tell me the other eight. Well, actually, you've told us one of them, so you, we need the other Well, seven. I did, but people have to listen, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to screw your system up. You're, but... you're listening, but who else is listening? I always okay. If you are listening and you can accept Stephen's challenge, 919-860-9783-860-WPTF, what we want to know is the name of the eight reindeer. Um, right. Stephen, on I think it was on Jeopardy tonight. They had a question uh, about uh, the, uh, the the poem. They said it was published in a newspaper two days before Christmas in 1823, and they wanted to know the name of it. And I think you gave the name of it. But what I would like to know is the name of the man who wrote the poem. Well, and Tom, um, we're going. I want to ask you a question for clarification purposes, because this is where trivia has gone where everybody wants to fight about minutia. Uh, there is some controversy about that. It initially was published under, as you know, Tom, anonymous. But eventually it became known to be associated with one man, 
And I think that's what you're asking. Uh, that's what I'm asking because I, I don't have time to bother with all the, the if you'll pardon me, the really minutia. I bother with, I can only bother with trivia. So, uh, uh, so uh, oops, there's got to be a right answer. And in uh, uh, on Tom Kearney's program, the answer is, well, you know what the answer is. So, okay. All right, is that, I think we're up near near the break, Tom. We're getting close to the break, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, I was going to play, I, I, and I forgot to tell our, our producer tonight, Stephen, uh, my favorite Christmas song. And, you know, Christmas songs a lot of times fall into religious songs and secular songs. But this is my favorite secular song. And I think you know what the name of it is. And if Jason can find it during the break coming up, it can be our bumper music. That is the music we come back with. Uh, and it, it always signals the beginning of uh, Christmas music for me. And I'll tell him off the air what it is, and we'll see see if uh, if it will work. In fact, right now it's nine uh, 9.30, and we need to check the news. Well, there it is, bringing us back to our Friday night version of the Tom Kearney Show on this December 4th. Uh, my favorite secular piece of music, uh, Stephen, do you recognize that? Silver Bells. Silver Bells. I have a CD, and I need to crank it out tomorrow and let it play and drive Mrs. Kearney crazy, because it has 23 different versions of Silver Bells in a row, and, uh, but, uh, and, Stephen, I'm going to ask you if you know the answer. And if you do, say you do know the answer. And if you don't, say you don't know the answer. But don't answer it because we're going to, with your permission, present it as a question to be answered as a trivia question. Uh, sure. Where did, that, where did we first see, that, see or hear that song? Where did it appear? I know the answer. You know the answer. It's a modern Christmas classic. And so if you know where you would have first heard Silver Bells, you should... Uh, you should give us a call. And uh, Stephen, uh, did you 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 presented us with some new new trivia? Maybe you would like to. Uh, if we don't have any callers, you would like to repeat. I think we have four on the table. Jason, do we have any callers at this point? Not as of now, Tom. Not as of now, Stephen. Uh, why don't you repeat the four? The one left from the first set and the three in the second set. Okay, from the very first time we talked about the movie, uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, uh, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, runs a financial uh, institution, a business, and he has a uh, natural enemy in the small town, Bedford Falls, I think is what it's called, Tom. Uh, he has an enemy in town uh, who also runs a financial institution. It's run by a man named Potter, and I want to know what famous actor plays Mr. Potter. He played him on radio, Tom, uh, and... Uh, uh, actually played Scrooge on radio, excuse me, and uh, was well-known in the acting community and is part of a well-known acting, uh, acting family. I'd like to know who that is. Can I uh, say a... Second, I'm sorry, Tom, I was going to say, let me say a hint. He was, 
getting infirm in his older age, and he was actually playing the role in a wheelchair, if I remember correctly. Uh, right, and it worked. Okay. All right, Tom. Uh, in the second set, we begin with two questions from the movie A Christmas Story. The first one is, uh, the old man, Darren McGavin, Tom, one of his best roles, uh, he uh, he wins a major award, it's, uh, and it's for Gile, Tom. It right. was for Gile. That's what it said on the package. It's definitely for Gile. I want to know what the award was. Tell me what it was. And uh, if you're really good, tell me the company that gave it to him, or at least give me what your guess might be. From the same movie, Tom, uh, one of Ralphie's schoolboy chums, a boy named Flick, and uh, Flick is exchanging dares with one of his other schoolboy friends, and he ends up facing a triple dog dare. And if you're a young boy, you probably know, or if you've ever been a young boy, you know what a triple dog dare means. It's tough to resist, and so Flick has to do something, and he does it, Tom. What does he do, and what are the outcomes? And the third question, Tom, is this comes from a uh, modern movie about a particular animal in this list. I've changed it somewhat, Tom. And uh, they make reference to uh, the uh, poem, The Night Before Christmas. There's a listing in The Night Before Christmas uh, through the the narrative, Tom, of the eight reindeer of Santa Claus. I want to know what eight they are. And uh, yes, we'll go ahead and deal with it. Ray Rudolph is a modern addition to that. Um, maybe just for nights of bad weather, but certainly he's the, the ninth one. I want to know the other eight. Good, good question. Good question. And the number again is 919-860-9783. And as my Baptist friends would say, don't be bashful. Don't hide out in the back of the church if you think you know the answer. Help us commemorate the coming of Christmas and sort of the early Christmas season by helping us identify through trivia some of the classic Christmas movies, 919-860-9783. And Jason, if anybody shows up on the telephone, give us a give us a, a, a shout there. Yeah, we've got Amy from Garner. Amy from Garner. Well, that's good. Amy, uh, how are you this evening? Hello? Hello, Amy. I'm going to turn you over to Stephen. Stephen, Amy. I can barely hear you. Uh, Amy, can you hear me? Now I can hear you a little bit better, but it's still very quiet. Well, and you sound a little far away, but we can make it work. What is what? Yeah. What question would you like to answer? Well, I believe the triple dog dare from a Christmas story was for him to uh, stick his tongue or lick the light bulb. Yeah, yeah, he, he was uh, dare to stick his tongue to a metal flagpole, and you know what? He did it. And what happened then? It got stuck. Yeah, you know, we all have little crazy moments. We just can't resist the temptation to, I wonder what would happen here. And uh, I don't know if you said there used to be something called metal ice uh, trays that you got out of the refrigerator before we had ice makers. And uh, there's always that uh, compulsion to see what would happen if you stuck your tongue through the ice tray. Thankfully, I didn't do that. Uh, how did it end up for Flick? Do you remember? What's that? How did it end up for Flick? What happened to him? Uh, you know, I don't remember that part. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and give it away to you. Uh, they had to call the fire department. And That's the fire right, department came out there, the modern version of first responders, 
and uh, they actually had to pull Flick's tongue off the uh, the flagpole, and I think it left a little skin because the next time we see uh, Flick coming back in the class and let his tongue stand. Yeah, I, I, that's starting to sound familiar now. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Well, if, if, I can just about tell you when it'll be on. Um, you might try Christmas Eve on one of the stations run by the Turner Broadcasting Company. They generally run that's, 24 hours uh, right about that time. That sounds great. Well, thank you for calling and giving us the answer. You were correct. We took a, a double dog there to stick his tongue on a flagpole and... Uh, Let's not do that, everybody, so that we don't have to worry about what happens to you. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. Stephen, that, that allows me to ask you a question that I know you'll know the answer for. You know, used to, the, the most showed Christmas movie was It's a Wonderful Life, but uh, uh, there came to be a time when the people that owned uh, some of the copyrights for it were able to reestablish them. And they ended up selling the rights, I believe, to NBC, and it was only to be shown, if I remember, two times a year. Is, is that still in effect? And if it is, when are the two times, if you know? Um, I think it is still in effect, Tom. Uh, it's an interesting story about It's a Wonderful Life, Tom, as you'll remember. I think I got this right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it, uh, somehow they managed to let It's a Wonderful Life slip into the public domain, which means they didn't have to pay the rights for it. Except, Tom, they discovered that the rights to the soundtrack were retained. And that meant you couldn't show it. Uh, you could show it all you wanted to. You just couldn't show the sound. Right, exactly. And uh, I think what happened is they finally got uh, the soundtrack and the movie rights together. And that's when NBC bought them. And as you say, NBC has decided to show them twice a year. Uh I think last year they showed them around Thanksgiving and again right at Christmas, but I don't know the actual answer this year. You can probably find it out by going on NBC's website. And, you know, NBC has a new all-streaming service, Tom, called, I think it's called Peacock, and I suspect it's on there. Well, I think uh, next weekend may be one of the dates. I've seen the date mentioned, but I didn't see a second date, so I didn't know if I had lost, you know, lost knowledge of what was going on. So, uh, but... Uh, uh, that that gives us some information, and, and we now, uh, our broadcast listeners understand maybe why it went from a time. I can remember being in Goldsboro and seeing it on five different channels at the same time, and not in the same place. It wasn't like a network or anything. It was just each channel was running it, and if you switch from channel to channel, you found yourself in different positions in the movie. And there are a whole bunch of really good uh Trivia questions. In fact, have we answered the trivia question from It's a Wonderful Life? We have we not. Have not, Tom. That's the one from the first group that's still out there. Uh, we could, uh, you and I could answer it. We could move on to some more questions, if well, you wish. Well, let's see if Jason's got any callers for us. Uh, we're we're uh, have a limited crop tonight. Jason, do we have any more callers? No callers, Tom. Okay. Well, Stephen, uh, the answer to uh, your question. Do you want to answer it, or do you want me to answer it? You go ahead. Uh, the answer to your question about the the uh, competing banker and the one that puts uh, George Bailey in a tough spot, uh, where he he questions the value of his own life, which is of course one of the points of the movie. He he thinks he has just screwed everything up. Uh, is in fact uh, Lionel Barrymore of the famous acting family. He had a sister. 
I'm trying to remember uh, his sister's name. And uh, Ethel? Ethel Barrymore, right. She was a famous actress. And John Barrymore was the most famous actress. He was the star of the group, and he was famous for being a really nice-looking man. He had a supposedly uh, a, a great profile. And he is the grandfather of, Di, of Drew Barrymore. Right. Drew is the one, uh, I don't know if there are any others, Tom, but he, she is the one that's acting now. Right. And, and uh, what's interesting is oh, the Barrymore family are on one side with her, but the Drew family, through them, she goes back to an actor who was popular in the late 19th century, going back to as far as uh, 1875. I, I think his name was John Drew, but I'm not really sure. But her, her names, Drew Barrymore, are kind of a, a catalog of uh, American uh, uh, theater and acting royalty. Uh, and she, she has, a, has, a bur- has a burden to bear, so to speak, in, in that respect. But uh, she's doing a talk show, I think, on television, I believe, now. But uh, uh, we've got three more trivia questions. Uh, uh, shall we answer them? I want to know, uh, Stephen, and, and, of course, we wait, await your calls. We'd rather you answer the questions at 919-860-9783. But Stephen and I are perfectly willing to go in your stead. And it will be a, a teachable moment, I think, Stephen. Uh, the two questions that have to do with the Christmas story. Well, one of them, of course, that answered, uh, I think it answered it, Tom. Um, that was the one about Flick. Uh, Flick sticks his, uh, his tongue to a flagpole, and he gets stuck there. And um, uh, when, you know, if you apply, perhaps if you apply warm water, you might be able to get it loose, but we won't go much further with that. Tom, the uh, major award won by Darren McGavin, the old man. Old man is Ralph's father, Tom. Uh, the major award was a... Um, a, l- a lamp in the shape of a, a female leg with a stocking sort of halfway up the leg. And, um, as I'm taking this one from, from the movie, Tom, it's uh, electric sex, I think is what Ralphie thinks of it as when it's, when it's turned on. And, uh, of course, he's, what, 10, Tom? Yeah, uh, somewhere along in there, yeah. He still drinks Ovaltine. And, and, Tom, I maintain, or what I've heard this year, is that it's an award from the knee-high bottling cup because it's a knee-high stocking. I have never heard that, but it, it, in fact, it could be true. That's the kind of thing that the, the creator of that movie, Gene Shepard, would, would go in for. So, Yeah, and again, I'm seeking confirmation of that. That's the, the answer that I've heard. Uh, I'm willing to be dissuaded, which we all are. That's the nature of trivia, Tom, is you, you find out the answer and then you know, you wait for somebody to prove it wrong, and if it's not proved wrong, then it becomes accepted fact. Uh, Tom, the other question was... Uh, don't, let's don't answer it. Let's, let's make a tease out of it. The other question has to do with, uh, what, uh, a visit from St. Nick? Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to take a break, so let's tease All right, it. Tom, we'll do that. And on the other side, we'll find out. Stephen knows them. I'm sorry, I don't. I know some of them. The names of the eight reindeer who ended up on the roof. Uh, We'll do that when we come back.
And we're back on WPTF, back to the Tom Kearney Show, Friday night edition. Glad that we made it through another week and here to welcome a uh, uh, weekend. We're going to start off with a little rain. In fact, we've started off with a little rain, but things should be clearing up, I think, tomorrow afternoon a little bit. Maybe some flo- some cloud cover, but uh, not any precipitation coming down. My guest tonight is my own brother, Stephen Kearney, and we've been presenting you with some... Uh, some uh, Christmas movie trivia, Stephen. We were we were when we went away. We were to- about to be talking about uh, the uh, the uh, person who wrote the uh, A Visit from Saint Nif- Nicholas, or what most people know as The Night Before Christmas. And tell me, tell the story about the writing of the poem. Well, I, I'm. I think you would, to be honest with you, I think you know that better than I do. What I can tell you is the gentleman who wrote it and a little about the, the actual lyrics of the poem itself. But Tom, perhaps you can give me the background as to how it came about. Well, it was written by a man named Clement Clark Moore, who I believe at least part-time was a minister. And uh, he published it, as you indicated earlier, I think in the Troy, New York newspaper, uh, anonymously, and eventually it was so popular uh, people wanted copies of it, that it came out that, in fact, he had written it. That's the story, as, as I've gotten it. And it's one of our visions, one of the ways we have defined Christmas, because what Christmas is, the the, uh, the Santa Claus figure, the reindeer, the business about being on the roof, coming down the chimney, all of that has been sort of created by our culture. Uh, there was a St. Nicholas in Europe, uh, and it was his figure that was used... Uh, but the description of of the the Santa Claus figure comes from Clement Clark Moore's poem too. So I think that will will answer the question we were talking about, Stephen, and that that's where the poem came from. And what they it was a question on Jeopardy, I believe, last night, and what they were looking for was the title, which was a visit from Saint Nicholas. And Tom, I I find it very interesting about how we get our images of Christmas and. As you said, much of it comes from that poem, and it, it's had a little help from the Coca-Cola company and the illustrators that worked with it, is that within our mind, I, when reading the poem and having seen the images from the Coca-Cola company's Christmas uh, illustrations, Tom, we do have a sense in our mind about what Santa Claus is supposed to look like. And another major contribution to uh, what to what we think is Christmas and what Christmas customs are is this Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol. That's true. That's true, Tom. Uh, in, in the poem, uh, everybody's getting ready to go to sleep, as you'll remember. And I, by the way, I, I suggest that everybody read this between now and Christmas, because with all that's going on, this is something I find to be very enjoyable and relaxing to either read or listen to, Tom. But uh, everybody's about to go to sleep. They hear a noise on the roof. And gentlemen, in his cap, leans out to see a jolly old elf, Tom, and his sleigh is pulled by eight reindeer. And one of the things we were talking about tonight, Tom, were the names of the reindeer, if I may do it very quickly. Do you have the names of the eight reindeer? We've got about a minute left. I do, Tom. Uh, and you have to, so it's in, uh, in the poem, it's in two lines of the verse, and it's Santa Claus, he is exhorting his reindeer to, to fly and pull the sleigh. Their names are Dasher. Dancer, Prancer, Dixon, Comet, Cupid, Donder, Tom, not Donner, Donder, 
uh, in Blitzen. And there's been some discussion about Donder and Blitzen and the Germanic reference there. And, uh, of course, in the mid to late 30s, we added uh, one Rudolph to that. Uh, in fact, Gene Autry added Rudolph. And the thing we always have to remember about that is that he didn't want to make that record, but Mrs. Autry said, I'll oh, go ahead and make it. And other than White Christmas, it's the biggest-selling Christmas record of all time. And Jim right. Croce, you know, it, it, Stephen is our signature, and he's standing in the wings, and I think he's about to come in now. So we're going to say goodbye for tonight. And let's do again this week, Stephen, what we did the last time you were on. You give me a call uh, after a little bit, okay? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, you've been so much more than kind. You can keep it dying.